Thanks for joining us for season six of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for that introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of food service, technology, innovation, and capital. You know, Jimmy, I got to tell you, I'm just thinking about something. Yeah, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking that our, my, my intro was changed slightly here by our producer, and I want to get, get your thoughts on it. And then we, I mean, we have a great show, and I got to tell you, our guests can... Uh, can can weigh in on this also once we get talking to our guests, but once we introduce the guests, once we welcome yeah, I mean, to the table, right? The hospitality, food service, exactly the same thing, slightly different. How how do you look at like like what what do you think? Is food service a category, and hospitality is something you give to people, or when they say hospitality? business you think hotels like what do you think hospitality food service same thing you know i i think as the case is as, as is often the case words can mean different things to different people um so sometimes people think hospitality and they default to a restaurant sometimes they think hospitality and they default to a hotel um i would think it's it's both are captured under the uh under the banner of hospitality i actually like to simply use why is hospital in the word hospitality that doesn't sound right well think how think how hospitable they are at the hospital i mean the nurses are lovely the doctors are caring the prices they charge i gotta tell you welcoming that's a high end right it's a high-end joint no i think to me i use both i like food service and hospitality to me food service leans in is a little more uh maybe less um um, hospitable. Um, it is a little more food as fuel. It is more, you know, the kind of the, the, the rails that the industry is run on the distributors. Um, they're contributing to the food service industry, right. Equi- equipment manufacturers, equipment manufacturing. Food service business. Yeah. but when I hear hospitality, I think about immediately our customers transform into guests. Yes. And that to me is where, the hospitality and that trying to make things right for the guests comes in. So I like to say we're very involved in food service and hospitality, tech and innovation. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, we, could, we could do a whole show on this. Maybe we should just tell our guests to pack it up and let's just how about, or, or how about we bring them in? How about we do that? It's probably time. It's probably time, Good. Jimmy. Let's bring okay. them in. Thank you for, uh, for helping me understand food service and hospitality yeah. a little bit. And by the way, that segment was brought to you by Webster's, uh, Webster's Dictionary. If you ever have a question Wikipedia. about words. Wikipedia. Or, or Wikipedia. Okay. All right. Listen, um, all kidding aside now, uh, we have a very exciting show today, and we have a very special guest. Uh, our friend uh, and our partner, and really one of the nicest gentlemen in the industry, Mr. Alonzo Consoneda, who is the VP probably, of Brandon. Probably our best-looking partner, Jimmy, wouldn't you say? He might be. He could be. He could be. <laughs> You could be. By the way, you know what I, you know what I want to say though. I'll take Alonzo's good looks over Sterling's. You know, over oh, any day, without any day. a doubt, any chance I could have to pick on Sterling, I'm going to take it. No, um, Alonzo is the VP of Brand Development and Strategy um, for Savory Restaurant Fund. This is a very exciting group. Alonzo's got a big job there and is busy as can be. Uh, Alonzo joins us with a very unique perspective. Um, because his his fund, his firm, has t- you know taken a page out of Warren Buffett's playbook, and when others were fearful, they got greedy, 
and they start, and by that I mean wonderfully, they went long the industry. People were packing up, people were shutting down, and they said this is the opportunity to reinvest and to find great brands, find great locations, and expand and grow. So they have a great multi-unit restaurant company. Um, certainly they are on the smaller side relative to some of the folks we've had on the show, but they're also one of the fastest growing, and I dare say innovative, and they have these cult-like brands that are in the portfolio. So this is a gentleman who I promised our listeners, you're going to appreciate what allows us to say. And you're also going to really pick up some insights from someone who's down in the weeds um, and of operating restaurants and also developing, you know, identifying the tech stack to help these restaurants become more successful. So with that in mind, that intro, probably the longest one. Longest I, one yet, Jimmy. Longest one I've given to a guest because that's But he deserves it. He deserves, he deserves the man, it. The man's got his hands in a lot of cookie jars. I agree. So Alonzo. After that long intro, I'm going to let you give a quick background. On yeah, 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 Alonzo, please. Just you can't go as long as that <laughs> on yourself and, and 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 introduce Savory to us, please. And thank you, Alonzo. How's it going, guys? Thank you for having me. It's it's great to be here. And uh, Jimmy speaking long, I I don't believe it. I don't I don't think that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> short emails and very short on words, Jimmy. Yes, yes. Terrifying <laughs> story. Which I won't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me here. <clears throat> um, Alonso Castaneda with the Savory Restaurant Group. Um, the Savory Restaurant Fund is um, a fund that works and identifies brands in their infancy stage. And I, when I say infancy, I don't mean that the brand is brand new. They could be in business for 10 years, but as an emerging concept, they are starting to thinking about growth. And that's where we come in and we identify these brands that are loved in their communities, that uh, are financially healthy and that are uh, have a great product. And we come in and we support them. We help them grow from five to 50. Um, we've identified that we are experts at that stage. We know how to come in and set up a good foundation for growth and build a team and then start scaling we, we grow those companies from five to 50 in anywhere from three to five years, depending on the concept. Um, so it, it's fast growth. And we have a team in our, in our office, about 60 restaurant experts, all in different places, right? From real estate to payroll and accounting and sales and marketing and operations and training and development, food safety, you name it. We have someone that actually starts to work with the brand shoulder to shoulder. Um, we don't just provide the money, we provide a team that helps them build the brand. In a nutshell, um, is there any questions? Is that pretty, pretty No, clear? no, that's fantastic. I just want to, I mean, we're going to get, we're going to take a real deep dive. Don't, don't think we're not going to, but I just want to, like, let's just talk a little bit about Alonzo, okay? Good looking guy. He's out in Salt Lake. Jimmy and I, we fly out. I remember we 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 met you guys. Let me ask you a couple questions and then we're gonna take a deeper dive. Is how you got to um I mean you were an ops and now you're like brand development strategy. You got your hands in all over the place. But when we flew out there and we first met you guys, and you guys had just moved to these slick new offices, I remember. And um, but it wasn't at that time you guys weren't calling yourselves the, the savory group. It was um the the was it savory foods? What was the name? Like Got it. Yeah, so it, 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 was, it was a um, different name. It was Four Foods Group. Four Foods. Four Foods. Yeah. That's what it was. So, that so is that? Are we not? Totally, we're not Four Foods anymore. Well, so it was a totally different group, totally different business. Okay. Um, we actually were franchisees of a couple of businesses. 
And got it, so got it. That, that was Four Foods Group. Four Foods Group has then kind of uh, retired, closed its doors. And uh-huh. a few of us um, started working for the Savory Restaurant Fund. Uh, got it. But it's, it's mostly the same players, though, right? Uh, several. Yeah. Yeah, we several. have a few. Got it. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. So let's let's kick off things, okay? We've got some really exciting stuff. And we always, on the Hospitality Hangout, we pride ourselves that we are basically, I, I don't know, we are like the, um, you know, the breaking news. We are we are the top news agency in the podcast and hospitality food service industry. We break news all the time. That's what we do. That's, I think, one of the reasons why so many people come to this podcast for breaking news. So we have some breaking news here right now. You guys added two new brands to the portfolio. Can I can I can I make this public? Please, yeah. Breaking news. Here we go. You added Pinchos out of Miami. And Hash Kitchen out of Arizona. So now you guys have the Crack Shack and you got Hash Kitchen. I mean, which, by the way, I mean, just think about what I just said. You got Hash <laughs> Kitchen and Crack Shack. What kind, What are you guys thinking about over there? What, what, I don't even want to know. I, don't get, I can start going down this path of what, what restaurant group is next. You know what I mean? But tell us more about it. The Pinchos out of Miami, Hash Kitchen, Crack Shack. I mean, you got some crazy names. Tell us more. What's going on? I knew that that wasn't going to slip by you guys, those two names, <laughs> and you were going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know where like, Shatsy went, why his mind went in that direction. I mean, I think about corned beef hash, roast beef hash. My my dad exactly. loves hash. I mean, Shatsy, what do you think? Jimmy, I just what? got back from the grill. You know I'm not thinking about corned beef hash. What are you talking about, Shatsy? <laughs> I, I don't even know this world of which you speak. What is this? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Alonzo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, la- last quarter um, – we were able to partner up with two fantastic brands, like you mentioned, uh, Pincho Burgers and Kebabs out of Miami. Fantastic Latin-inspired. Great uh, leader, right? Burger concept. Otto Othman is a fantastic leader. Uh, you know, great CEO. He um, he takes care of his people and managers, and, and he's just a great guy, great human being. Um so we've known Otto for several years, and he's been working hard on his on his brand. And we were able to to work out a partnership, and we are very excited for him and and Pincho and the Pincho team to be part of our portfolio. So what's the next brand? What what are you buying right now? Tell us before it happens. What are you looking at right now? And I promise you, there's like maybe f- it's me, you, and and Jimmy, the only people listening to this. What's the next one? <laughs> You know, right now we are just uh, doing diligence. We have a lot of friends out there talking to several brands. Um, not really sure what uh, what could come next, but we have seven brands that are opening 85 stores. And I can tell you that's that's a big top of mind uh, for all of us. Is here. that all? That's all you got going on? Seven brands, 85 stores opening up? That's it? All, that's all it. in the next 11 months. <laughs> all in the next 11 months. By the way, I just want to give clarity that um, when Chats was referencing – uh, that 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 uh, the hospitality hangout is the leader on podcast breaking news. Just want to be on a reference that that is a survey of one, and the one was Michael Schatzberg. So while that survey is accurate, give me one um, podcast that breaks news better than us. 
You know, Shats, I think CNN got the breaking news logo from us. I think they I think they imitated us. Uh, 100% I, I they took that. They weren't calling it breaking news. Breaking news. Listen, I can't wait to try some hash hash, baby, uh, when we get out to Arizona in a few months for the Restaurant Leadership Conference. Um, that oh, That's always a great show, and um, and we appreciate our friends from Winsight doing that. Shout out to Winsight. Listen, uh, there is no question that Savory is having uh, a tremendous start uh, to 2022. Um, in addition to the two new brands that, that you and Shashi just broke live on the podcast, um, as you just said, you're slated to open 85 new stores uh, in 22 across the portfolio. We love to hear this. Uh, we predicted uh, that in the early days of the pandemic, amidst all the restaurant closures, that while it was a massive blow to our industry, that once the dust settled, new restaurants would open up. Um, and we love truly what you and Savory are doing. Can you uh, touch on the current climate of, of restaurant real estate? Has it been easy, hard, um, you know, to find locations? What are you seeing out there on the real estate front? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have a, a, a great team that works nonstop on, on real estate. So, so I'll give them all this credit, but they, they, contrary to what sometimes we hear or the questions we get asked of, um, well, you know, the pandemic was so hard in restaurants and unfortunately, there were so many closures. Uh, there's got to be some great deals in real estate. And um, that is not the case. Um, there was also a lot of brands that did really well in the pandemic, um, especially in the fast casual um, segment and, and um, quick serve. And so everyone is looking for the same real estate. Everyone's looking for drive-throughs if you're, if you're um, fast food or fast casual. Everybody's looking for the same corners and um, real estate is not inexpensive and there's not that many great opportunities out there, but that's why we have to work extra hard to find the right locations. Um, and we're doing roundups. We're doing second gens. We are doing what we're able to find that makes sense for that specific brand. So let's, let's really take a real deep dive into the granular, the granulation. Is that a word, Jimmy? Granulation? I don't think so, but we can go now. back. We can go back to that earlier segment sponsored by Webster's Dictionary and check it out. But uh, but yeah, let's go but for it. Yeah, go let's for it. go granular because Jimmy loves to get granular. I love going you know, granular. What does savory really do as an operator? You know, we operate, own and operate restaurants. Been an operator for years. Independent. We wear a lot of hats. I always like to joke that if you're a restaurant operator, you're also a plumber. You're an electrician. You're a psychologist, a psychiatrist, human resources director, busboy waiter. You do it all, right? And there's nothing we don't do. You also have to handle finance and marketing. So in order to grow and expand, you got to really build build out a, a team. So give us a little more sense of all the things that Savory d- does. When you when you take on a brand, I mean, you guys acquire a majority stake in the brand or pretty close to it. I forget, 50%, 51%. But, and, then, and then what do you guys do? Because I remember going to your office. You guys had architects working, designers working. You had graphic designers working. I mean, you you got real estate people. I mean, so what did, and you do it all? Backhouse financing, ordering inventory. So that's what all they do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All that. So <laughs> did I just answer the question? Yeah, they do that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Shetsy. That was it. You all did right, a great, great podcast. Right. Jimmy, let's go on to who do we have next week? <laughs> Jimmy, any other questions for Shetsy? <laughs> Shetsy, what do you think? What does Savory really do? Shetsy, tell me. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So, uh, come on, give us a deeper dive. Give it, once you pick up pinchos, what do you do? You roll up your sleeves. You got pinchos now. You got the hash thing going on. What do you guys do now? Yeah, so, 
you know, it, it goes through phases, right? Depending on the on the the maturity of the brand. And when we first partner with a brand, um, it's a lot about identifying where the opportunities are and we can, we can come in and make an impact and establishing and putting in that foundation right away. Because day one of our partnership, yes, we're onboarding the brand, but our real estate team is already going strong because we all know it's going to be 10 or 12 months before they find something, but they're moving right away. So in operations, uh, we know that that's coming. So we got to move fast, right? And these brands are, are operating well, right? They, they are uh, well-established and ob- obviously operating well, but the bandwidth is, is stretched pretty thin. What I mean by that is that a lot of the times the founder is the operator and um, they are, like you said, they're doing the marketing, they're doing the bills and payroll, and um, they're maybe even doing the IT. And they probably have somebody like like a Julie, because I've been able to talk to your Julie, and they have this, everyone needs uh, a Julie, by the way. Everyone needs a if you Julie. don't have one, you got to go get one. <laughs> <laughs> no, note yourself, Julie, much better than having a Karen. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes, we've got a kick-ass Julie. We don't have a penny ass Karen. <laughs> yeah, so these young brands, they uh, they have someone that is their director of operations, but they're also you know, the person that's uh, doing their IT and they're managing vendors and they're working on payroll and, and they're doing all these things. So what we're able to do is because we're about to grow fast, then we come in with uh, operational efficiencies and systems to put in place. And then we, we're also able to help them with some funding and uh, build a bench of great above store leadership as well as in-store leadership so that we bring in district managers, we bring directors of training, um, whatever the brand needs, whether it's a, a marketing manager to be in the brand and work directly with the Savory team to start executing on the different strategies that are needed um, and then start getting ready to replicate the business. So it's, it's fair to say you really let the, the, the founder, the operator, the, the creator of the brand really focus on that and some of the minutia that it has to get done, but it's certainly not, uh, I don't want to say important, you know, it's, it's not that that's not important, but, you know, bookkeeping and paying bills, it has to get done, but it's not exactly going to help that brand grow. So you really take over some of the minutia and really help them organize and help them prepare to grow and let them focus on what got, what got you excited about the brand in the first place. Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say is that we, we always say that we partner with, founders that want to continue with the brand right Mm -hmm. they don't want to we don't want them to say yeah we'll sell you 100 of the brand and good luck take it and go um it's a very young brand at the stage that that we uh come in so we want the founders involved we want them to uh you know partner with us and that's exactly it that what we do is we um remove any of the distractions because they are the vision of the brand they are they know what made it great. They know how the food should be, how the service should be, how the culture should be. And so we give them back the time to focus on that and continue making the brand great, even as we expand. Because as you go to another state, as you go to across the city, you still have to have the same experience, the same culture, the same quality. And uh, those individuals are, are who know how it should be. I think that is really awesome. And again, we really do... Um... Uh, love what Savory is doing, and and as I said at the top of the uh, this episode, you guys identify cult-like 
you know, independent restaurants that have a cult-like following, and then um, take that and expand on it, grow it. And and again, I love the partnership that you form with these uh, with your CEOs and these young brands. Listen, I can't think of a better segue um, into the next topic um, because here you are, you're growing, you're making things happen, um, but labor sits as like the top answer on everyone's family feud board as it pertains to this industry and a lot of industries right now. So when I hear that you're, you know, going to open up 85 stores, um, you know, in the, in the next coming months, I immediately think of all the jobs that creates. And if I were to guess, I'd estimate that equates to like close to 8,000 jobs that you're going to create uh, with this expansion of these businesses. But here's the catch 22. You have, you have all these openings. Are you going to be able to find the employees to fill all these necessary positions. So can you share, you know, some of the tools, you know, you're using to bring in uh, and retain talent while the labor cars are so stacked against us as an industry? Yes, absolutely. That is, that is a, a big, a big um, project, right? I mean, along with everything else, because supply chain for construction materials is the same way, but as far as labor goes and, and, and people um, it, it is a, it is a hard task, and we are doing everything um, to to attract individuals. You'll probably hear me say this a couple of times through our conversation, but we are mixing um, old school tactics with with new technology, and um, we're going back to basics uh, for retention. As far as refocusing our teams on what's the first day experience look like when a team member starts so we can retain them. What does your orientation look like? And also, um, you know, we've, for several years, we've talked about the frictionless experience for customers, but um, you need to have a frictionless experience for hiring as well, because, oh my goodness, if you don't go and try and hire yourself and go apply online uh, and see how long it takes or how long your application is, or that you're asking 70 questions, and then it takes 48 hours to get a call back, um, you need to know those things and you'll be surprised like, wow, my hiring process sucks. I need to fix this. I need to make it so easy that they can just click, click, click a couple of information and we get them into orientation. Um, but that is one of the biggest things. And our team here has worked very, very hard to put those systems in place. That is super. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Alonzo. It's always great as an operator. You know, it's easy to say, use this and use that. But as an operator, yourself go and through the process yourself and see how it is and then you really be like whoa this sucks this is what we're making people do to hire we're making it so hard i gotta make it easy it's great listen you guys are you, you guys are buying concept you're going you know outside of your comfort zone outside of your market uh of of, of salt lake city i know as an operator we're here in new york city um we have tried we have opened restaurants in other cities and other countries and we've been to Chicago, we've been to Boston, we've been to Atlanta, we've been to Dubai, we've been to Kuwait, we've been all over the place. Let me tell you, we've closed all those locations and we're back here in New York City. It's the only place we seem to be able to be successful. Uh, every time we go outside of our comfort zone, we suck, we fail for so many reasons. Probably we don't know the rules, we don't know the supply chain, we don't know the players, and we come back licking our wounds. So for you guys, I mean, you're complete opposite. You guys are actually looking to open outside your comfort zone. You're opening in other cities. You're expanding and growing. 
Um, can you share about your strategy when it comes to going into new cities and how you become successful introducing brands that are in cities that have never seen that brand and how you can change, you know, get them to be like, whoa, this is really cool, you know? Because when we like go to Chicago, we thought, oh man, we're from New York. Everyone's going to love our brand. We got to Chicago. People are like, what the hell? Who is that? I've never heard of you before. You know what I mean? What's your strategy? How do you do it? That is exactly that. what happens is that, you know, these brands, these brands become very successful in their heritage market. And then mm -hmm. everybody gets super confident and we're like, all right, we're going to look at this place. It's the lines are long. It's packed. Every day is the same. This is fantastic. We're how could it fail on every, how could it fail? And it's going to be successful everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you go into a new market and nobody knows who you are. And, um, and sometimes there's already a player that's loving that community with the same sort of product. So, um, yep. we have to work very, very hard on it and we have to, it's a grind and it's a grind for several months that we cannot stop. And this is where we go and we're boots on the ground, business to business, door to door, inviting people in. We use our food. We're, we're very confident that our product is top notch and that you're going to love it. So Listen, the food is, if the food and if the food isn't good, you got no chance. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you got no chance. <clears throat> right. So we're very confident. Note, note yourself. Shatsy says bad food, not going to be a good restaurant. All right. Probably hey, not. Was that breaking news, Shatsy? Breaking news, sure Shatsy. Breaking, breaking news. Good that food. Breaking news? Well, it's certainly going to, I'm not going to say guarantee success in a new market, but it's, it's certainly going to help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't serve crap. Okay, good. I like that. Um, <laughs> and listen, so I want to ask. We, we use oh, sorry, our product. Yeah, we use our product as, as our marketing, right? And we just want to make sure people try it once. People try it three times and we know that we'll get them hooked. So we use new tactics with technology and we use old tactics with boots on the ground, door to door. What's the Hawaiian? Uh, what's the Hawaiian concept? Mobetas Hawaiian style. Mobetas. Yeah, Mobetas. Mo right. Like once I had that Mobetas, once I had all that stuff, there's no way I was never eating that again. I mean, that's the best lunch I ever had. Yes. Yeah. And that's so you just, what we you just stand outside handing out some of that Mobetas chicken and you're, you're, you're hooked. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we use our food as as a big part of our marketing is just making sure people are trying it. And, and I guess the crack, the crack shack, you put crack in there and you get people hooked and then they just come back because they're addicted. Yeah. And then they drink the dirty, <laughs> they, 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 they drink the dirty soda. Don't forget the dirty soda, Shasky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love that. Listen, the, the last crack season has on amazing, the amazing high quality fried chicken, bone in chicken sandwiches, um, all of it, you name it, it's all fantastic. They do an awesome job. I like it, I like it, I like it a lot. Okay, last season, we had uh, The Hangout Retired, one of our original segments, uh, our, our executive producer, Julie, who we've been talking about, canned one of my sh segments to give Shatsy another hot new segment. I, and, uh, that wasn't lost on me, but okay. Um, but I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back today because I think, Alonzo, you deserve to have a shot at answering th this question. Top of the tech stack. Okay, that was the segment we, we put away, bringing it back, one episode only in season six, and that's yours, Alonzo. Uh, I know Savory, uh, that Savory Tech Stack has been constantly evolving, uh, specifically on the AI front. Can you share more with this, more about that? Yeah, so, you know, with technology, um, like, like you mentioned in the beginning, um, we are not looking at robotics and all this automation because that is very expensive. And if you look at industry news, yes. you know, the companies that have been around for 30, 
40 years and, and have thousands of units, they're able to do some uh, L&D on that and spend the money. Um, we, we are building a, a brand from the ground up and um, we've been very lucky that we get success just by the marketing that we do. Um, but technology is important. That's where the consumer is moving towards. And uh, we are looking at online ordering systems that uh, are built off of AI, not just machine learning, because if those engineers are not working on the machine learning, then it stops learning. Uh, but actual AI that continues to evolve and learn uh, with consumer behaviors and identify why, um, you know, you and me always go to the same restaurant at the same time of day, but we order different things and it starts to learn what it's going to uh, try and sell me or upsell me uh, mm -hmm. next time I come in re differently than, than you are. We're also working on a AI system that's on, on our phone lines because uh, regardless of what a lot of people might think, there's a lot of business coming through the phones. And if you're I not think it's still, phones, I, I think it's still 50%. It's, it's a lot. It's, it yeah. really is. And yeah. um, some brands are not even putting phone lines anymore and they're not answering their phones. And if that works for them, that's fantastic. But if you're wondering where you can get more sales, answer your phones and, and you'll be very surprised. So we're working no. with a partner. Yeah, you're 100% you're right. Yeah. AI technology on the phone and in the phone systems that can really help us. 100%. Listen, keeping the subject uh, of technology and 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 we love the term the connected restaurant because it, you know, the text that gets the the restaurants are are literally uh, just a, a whole uh, ecosystem of technology now, you know? It, it's just well way beyond the point of sale system. So, um having a connected restaurant is great. You can have a lot of tech, but if you have an, a, an operator, uh, the, the, the DOs, the GMs, the management, um, they also have to embrace the tech because loading up a restaurant with technology that no one wants to use is it's just a waste. So when you're buying these brands and now you're growing them, do you find it easier or hard to kind of, I don't want to convince or share with your operators that aren't tech savvy, because restaurant operators were not known as the most tech savvy folks in town. Uh, do you have, is it difficult difficult to convince them or show them to embrace the tech? Are you having pushback? What kind of tools and, you know, what kind of tactics do you use to help bring them into the digital age? Because that's where, like you just said, I mean, that's where it's headed. I mean, people love using their phones. They, they love drive-throughs, curbside pickup. They love all that stuff. It's convenience. They love it. Absolutely. And this is where, you know, as you start to build an emerging concept um, and, and if you don't have the right funding, the right, the, the right partner to, to start growing, you get to the point about seven restaurants plus where you need to build a small army, uh, uh, you know, to run your company um, where you need, you know, people that are going to do the implementation and the training. And Shati, to your question, um, I'm going to go back to saying um, it's not only about the frictionless experience with the customer anymore. It's about when you're onboarding your team members, but it's also for the people that are operating your restaurant now. If you're going to bring in all the uh, technology stack, it has to be frictionless for the end user and our end, for our managers and our employees. And so making sure that it works well, it works seamlessly, um, managers a lot of the times they don't get to mess with much. They have to learn a couple of things that are not too complicated, not, they don't have to be tech savvy and the systems just work for them and it feeds them the orders. 
Um, and if you do it right, it works like magic, but there's a lot of training that has to go into that, not just an email that you send them and explain it to them, but shoulder to shoulder work with the operators. This is how it works. This is what it's called. This is what we're going to do. Um, a lot of time investment in that training. Got it and appreciate it. That's excellent. Listen, I want to go to our talking back uh, segment. Um, we started this podcast because Shats and I love uh, bringing on guests and asking them questions, but we learned along the way. Sometimes our guests have questions for us. So Alonzo, we're going to kick off talking back. You get the microphone. Nothing's off the table. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Well, um, you know, long time listener, first time caller. So I, I, uh, <laughs> I've heard this before. <laughs> I, 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 I know you guys asked this, but I want to hear from you guys. Uh, how do you see the industry in the technology side and restaurants? How does it look two to five years from now? Boom. Chatsy? Yeah, no, I'll jump in real quick and I'll do the short answer. And then Jimmy, of course, will embellish and make it a long answer. But we'll start with the short answer. Uh, I'm looking at, 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 at restaurants and hospitality. I'm looking at it as kind of it's, 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 it's two sides I'm thinking right now. That's the way I'm looking. I'm looking at it as you have this experiential side, which is that full service, fine dining, experiential. You know, you, you go out and it, it's that full service experience. Um, you know, with cocktails and wines and, and great food and great atmosphere. And, and, and it's, it's, it's everything you knew about hospitality with service and, and, and busing tables and hostesses and, and a great wine list, et cetera. And then on the other side, and, and technology is, is playing a piece of that, but it's not, it's not, the, it's not really driving the consumer uh, in, in that experiential uh, operation, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of technology, but not the, not the consumers not really uh, getting involved in technology. And then you have the other side, which is that uh, the, the fast casual QSR, and that's very much tech driven because that is about the experience there is I want it, I want it fast, and I want it now. So I want the whole experience to be whether I'm, I'm ordering from my phone or my house. If it's delivery, I want a seamless handoff. I want a seamless pickup. I want it to be quick, efficient. I want my order right. So it's just, I see it very two-sided, a lot of t tech in both, but really on the quick serve and fast casual, that's where it's really, the consumer's really in, is involved in the tech. And on the experiential, there's a lot of tech, but the consumer in that instance is really not uh, it, it, touching it as much, if that makes sense. All right. If that was the short answer, let me, let me trump shots and say, Ditto, and we Ditto. can move on. Ditto. No, the only <laughs> thing I will add, because I actually agree with what Chatsy just said, I, I just think the pandemic um, was essentially like a forest fire um, to the industry. Um, and while a lot of you know dead trees or a lot of less than great restaurants got taken out, so did a lot of great restaurants, and that's a shame. Um, but but we were a very saturated market, and we're an incredibly fragmented market. And I think coming out of the pandemic, we're going to see um, optionality to me is going to continue to be critical. Um, we're going to have to satisfy uh, the needs and wants of so many consumers and guests, and I think technology will certainly enable that um, you know, to, uh, to, to, to be really helpful in that regard. But I agree with Shatsy's delineation between the experiential uh, and otherwise. Uh, so Shatsy, um, well I done. Think, sir. I, th I think you get this newest hot segment, which is now ranking number two behind the uh, the quick fire. You got the top two. Yeah, listen, you know what, Alonzo? We've always talked about hospitality always being slow to embrace technology and far behind all the other industries. But when you really start looking at history, we started finding out that over the years, hospitality actually hasn't always been uh, slow to embrace. Actually, kind of kind of. Uh, 
uh, on the forefront of a lot of ideas over the years. So we came up with this new segment, which came first. Are you ready for which came first? Let's do it. Which came first, the digital menu board or the first digital billboard? Um, I saw some very ugly versions of a digital menu board uh, several years ago. <laughs> so um, I think that might have came first. I'm going to say, Jimmy, same question. The digital menu board or the digital billboard, which came first? I've got a digital billboard came first. Oh, billboard. All right. So we're splitting here. We're splitting here. We're splitting here. Well, the answer actually is uh, Alonzo. The digital restaurant menu board came first. In 1990, Scott Sharon developed the first digital menu board for Arby's, an Arby's franchise in Richmond, Virginia. He had the first digital menu board. The first digital billboard was not installed until 2005. So there you go. Hospitality <laughs> was first with something. So we are not really all that slow. Listen, I'm going to go right from which came first, Jimmy. I'm going right into the branded quickfire. Go for I'm it. I'm going right to the branded quickfire, Jimmy. And I'm going to ask Alonzo five lightning round questions. Alonzo, don't think too hard. Just first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Let's do this. First live concert you ever attended? I was very fortunate to see Carlos Santana and a Latin rock band called Mana in the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. Amazing concert. How long ago was that? Oh, man. That was uh, in the 90s. All right. Quickfire, Shazzy. Quickfire. All right. right. Where are you getting (laughs) dinner from tonight? Dinner tonight. There is uh, several independents around where I live that I love. I don't know exactly which one, but I usually go to an independent uh, sit-down restaurant. Uh, I love. Fantastic. Favorite food city in the world? Oh, that's a hard one. I love Austin. I love San Diego, L.A. Um, But a favorite has got to be Mexico City. Oh, yes. Uh, Favorite place to travel? Favorite place to travel is uh, Cancun. I knew you were going to say Cancun because you were there. (laughs) You were there like last year, right? The family. (laughs) I knew you were going to say Cancun. You you love that trip. I know. You love that trip. I'm (laughs) adding a question in here, okay? This is uh, who has better hair, Andrew Smith or Sterling Douglas? (laughs) <laughs> Andrew Smith, of course. Andrew, I mean, Andrew. I mean, I gotta tell you, without a doubt. Sorry, Sterling. Andrew Smith has way better hair. All right. If you if you if you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of eight ball, who would you have better odds of beating? Whew. Um with without disclosing why I'm choosing this answer, <laughs> I think that I would beat. Jimmy, um, but I think I can take you both. People have underestimated that I don't look like an eight ball player, but I played for a touring band. And if we weren't on stage, we were playing eight ball. So I am actually pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to tell you, I say uh, next time, I don't know if you're going to be at Murtech or where we're going to see you next, but we're playing some eight ball. So we're we're eight ball. we go. We're playing eight All ball. Right. <laughs> I, uh, every now and then I can surprise people, but uh, but we're playing some eight ball. Uh, listen, hey, Alonzo. Very nice. 
Lisa, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the on the uh, on the hangout uh, and for sharing all your great insights. Um, we really do appreciate uh, what you and the crew at Savior are doing, uh, and, and really loving uh, the brands that you're identifying. Wait, wait, dude, you go, can I just ask, is the uh, I just want to ask. Uh, we were out at Restaurantology visiting you guys, and it was awesome. And you had this um, th- that event. You were giving away, I think, a million dollar uh, like seed funding to a new concept. Is that is that closed now, or can people still? F- uh, sign up for that opportunity. A million dollar restaurant launch. Yeah, we uh, we had so many people uh, submit for their ideas and their concept. It was amazing. It was supposed to close in December. We kept getting so many more that we extended it to um, like two more weeks. It got extended. So but if somebody it, wants to apply, what's what's the URL they go to? Uh, sorry. So we had to extend it, but it is now closed. Yeah. Oh, it's now closed. It okay, all right. Sorry. If you want to apply, you missed the uh, opportunity to apply. Uh, so I apologize for even bringing that up. Hey, but- this is something that the Savory Fund, we want to continue to do. This is our first time doing it, and we're very excited. We got a lot of great entrepreneurs, a lot of great ideas. Uh, you will, you guys will hear uh, what we're doing next with it. Um, we'll be announcing it, and we'll be supporting this entrepreneur, whoever wins. Uh, to open up their their first unit and uh, turning that into a concept, hopefully. Awesome. Well, what's, well, let me ask you this. So what if people want to just learn more about Savory, what's the where do they go? What's the URL? Is it just Savory.com or? Savoryfund.com. Savoryfund.com. There you go. All right, Jimmy. Sorry about that. I just wanted to get that in there. That's all right. And listen, if any of our listeners do want to get in touch with Alonzo directly, you can also email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com, and we'd be happy to make the connection. Uh, to our listeners, we want to continue to thank you for tuning in. Uh, we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, uh, and the fact that you choose to hang out with us is something we value and appreciate. Please join us next week as we welcome our guest, uh, Mr. John Sherman, CEO and co-founder of Stickies. Hey, by the Finger way, that joint- could be – that could be a new concept for Savory, by the way. Stickies right here in New York. He loves Stickies. Awesome. Yeah. Love the introduction. There we go. We just made, we just made a mitzvah. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> Connect them. Connecting them. Listen, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. You don't miss, miss out on any exciting guests coming up in the future. Better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. Uh, so until then, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off and passing it back to Mr. Schatzberg. This is Shatsy, a.k.a. The Restaurant Guy, thanking everybody for hanging with us at the Hospitality Hangout. And to our guest, Alonzo, awesome as always. Can't wait to see you. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, guys.